Hello, and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes. This is not Robbie Anderson. He suffered a snake attack Ooh. or uh, something like that. We're, we're still getting details. This is Diana Jamiro filling in for the ever-wonderful, ever-present in our hearts, Bebe Anderson. And I'm joined today by... Mike Birch. My one and only. Our our hearts go out to Robbie and the dreadful snake attack that has uh, befallen him. And claimed him for this episode. But we're going to do our best to bring you some more fresh content on Hot Takes. We review fresh, hot new movies right off the press. And we come back and we don't talk about them with each other until the mic is on. The mic is hot and we are ready for talking. Which is very hard for us to do because we live together. Right, and we, right. we watched the movie that we're talking about today, last night. Uh, and then there's a lot of, today. save it for the episode yeah, 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 immediately yeah. after. Mm-hmm. So what movie did we see? We watched Watcher. Watcher. We were the watchers of Watcher. We watched the Watchers. Yes, Watcher, a, uh, a the new uh, Micah Monroe joint. Yes, uh, uh, who you is... may know her from movies like It Follows or The Guest. She's becoming sort of a, a horror movie staple actress, but I think that this shows her ability to flex without necessarily a lot of material to go on. I mean, the thing about uh, the guest and it follows is like it follows has like a crazy premise that you can also kind of grab onto that Micah Monroe works really well with, and the guest also has Dan Stevens like doing one of the best performances in a horror movie of all time. Hottie so takes Dan to, Stevens yeah, once he escaped Down Abbey. He's pumped and and raring and ready to go, and it's yeah, mm. it's a good one. So if you haven't seen that. Watch it's, the guest. It's good. Uh, a little context. Uh, we are recording this super late at night after having just watched Memoria. Uh, Memoria. We went to Story Screen Beacon Theater, uh, which you can also go to anytime you want and see cool movies. We watched Memoria because it's on a ticking clock. It's going to be leaving at the end of this week. And I was like, we need to go see this in the theater because the sound design is insane. And I remixed the sound for Theater 2. Uh, specifically for it, and I was like, we have to catch it. And um, it was a very different movie very than Watcher. Movie yeah, than Watcher. It was a, a bit of a, shall we say, slow burn. A slow burn, and, and a beautiful also a spectacle. Long burn, a long too. burn, very long movie, a long slow burn. Yeah, where I may have dipped out uh, in my mind, in my mind palace. I yeah. was still sitting there, but it was it was a long one. You looked awake the whole time. I that worries me a bit, but. Yeah. That's great, I guess, that I didn't start <laughs> muttering to myself or snoring or anything. But I did not off. But I think not because the movie was boring, more because it was a mood. It's very meditative. Yes. Yeah. We were talking with some yeah. folks after it the, was a, the lobby. It was a bit of a lullaby. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's almost built to uh, soothe you into right. a place of calm so then it can do something really loud and shock you but we're not here to talk about the soothing memoria we're 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 talking about the opposite effect which is the tension builder that was watcher and uh, for the first first part of our story screen podcast will be no spoilies of course so this is also a big deal like we very rarely get a hot takes uh episode that's not uh hosted by the main twos yeah oh sure 
I know well, you're, that... you're the main twos. What are you talking about? You're the main threes. Well, Jack also oh, hosts. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And sure, sure. It's, it's more... Uh, I remember there was the one with uh, the uh, Solo, a Solo colon a Star Wars story uh, where Robbie couldn't see it in time for us to be able to do it. So I hosted that one with uh, Jeremy and Brian, who used to do all the Star Wars stuff. We're looking to start those guys back up again. Everybody's so busy now. We're getting older. Jerbear. He's got real jobs. Um, (laughs) But wanted to make sure that we got like a nice good old episode out and late last night. Again, the context of it all, I think, is kind of fun. Uh, for this, uh, it's a know, creepy so movie to watch late at night. Very, we watched it pretty late. It was about like 10 30, 11 o'clock when yeah. we decided, like, yeah, we should watch like a find like a nice, good 90 minute movie that we had meant to see. We we showed Watcher at Story Screen Beacon Theater, but neither of us were able to go see it. A bunch of our friends did and told us, like, it was pretty cool. You should check it out. Um, so yeah, what would what, you, what'd you think of Watcher? Hey, I thought I was hosting. You are hosting. You are hosting. I was just asking you. Do you want to ask me first? Yeah. Yeah. I really like Watcher. I think that it is, um, it's the type of movie that both in Micah Monroe's performance and how you can take it in, it's like super simple, but also has so much like frills and flares to it that so tell, so tell the, the, the listeners at home, what's the premise of the film if you are spoiler free? Mm. What's the premise? Uh, the premise is, uh, as me and Robbie have noted on previous episodes we've talked about as Watcher was coming up, it's very similar to John Carpenter's early TV movie before he started making movies and called, what was Someone's, called Someone's Watching Someone's Me. Watching and me. it's okay. uh, a woman moves into an apartment and notices that someone in the building across from her is watching her. Now, more specifically in Watcher, it is uh, Michael Monroe plays a character who has moved into um, another country. Yeah, um, she's in Romania. She's in Romania. Her husband got a new job. Her husband is of Romanian descent, but born in America. His mother was Romanian, and he has moved back, and he is a businessman of some kind and has moved back there to uh, venture out into the business world that he has. And uh, Michael Monroe's character, um, very early on, we're told that she used to be an actor, uh, and she does not speak Romanian. Go anywhere. She does not. So, so she's stranger in a strange land. That <laughs> lends itself pretty well to the inability to be able to communicate properly about a situation where she finds herself in just like the woman from Someone's Watching Me where she starts to realize that someone in the building across the street from her is looking into her apartment that happens to have very gigantic windows with no blinds at first. Initially. At first. No curtains. She gets them later. I kept wanting to be like, put blinds on the thing. (laughs) And they eventually do. Uh, Spoilers for that. Um, uh, And she uh, is trying to tell everybody that there's someone watching me. And she's maybe thinking... Is that actually happening? And it it is a uh, a telltale of the age kind of story of um, gaslighting, of believing women or not believing women, and all of those things that come into that. All good horror is yeah. built off of a very basic, simple, kind of horrific 
realistic thing that we deal with day to day. And this one very much deals with the stalking of women, uh, the believing of women when they might be perceived to be being paranoid right. or is it happening acting right. all that stuff and i think one of the things that makes watcher and especially michael Monroe's performance and it's so good is that she's constantly also kind of questioning herself as well right. even when she's like i know something is happening and trying to tell the police or trying to tell people that she that she knows and that thinks cares about her at the same time, she is like never one hundred percent sure, right? That things are going there's, on. There's always yeah. a chance that she's misinterpreting some part of it. I don't think it's ever. I don't think you ever think it's totally in her head, but you you do think is she is she slightly overreacting? That right. that idea gets posed like, you, several it, you times. You see everything that she sees, yeah. but then you're given reasons why she might be misinterpreting it. Sure, and that leads to some of the best parts of the movie, where it really is that kind of misinterpretation yeah. that's kind of used against her, but she's also using it against herself in the earlier parts of the movie. Sure. And that makes it really interesting. The the trailer for this thing was insane and really hooked me. I like linked into IFC as soon as I could and be like, when is this movie coming out? I want it. I want it so bad. (laughs) And we played it for two weeks and it did very, very well for like a lesser known movie that wasn't being... You know, IFC is really cool, but they're not uh, a juggernaut. Uh, They don't have the advertising capability that a lot of other studios have. And even when they do have the money to throw at it, they're doing it towards the IFC has a huge year. They've got Mad God and Happening and Resurrection are coming up. Official competition is also landing. All all those are coming to the theater as well. Plus, this this is a feature debut for the director. Yeah. So prior to that, she's only done either short films or installments yeah, uh, in a compilations. Chloe Acuno. 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 Chloe yeah. Acuno. She's um, got a short film called Slut. Yep. Uh, That's supposed great. to be really great. And that then she great. did a part of the VHS the VHS 94. 94 yep. Which I have not seen. I only saw VHS and VHS 2. And I read that she's going to be directing an episode or two of... A TV show version of Let the Right One In, which I didn't know was happening. Hmm. So, interesting. I wonder what they'll call this one. Yeah. But, um, so I've got some good, I've got some good tidbits when we get to Spoiler Town on her. Because cool. I did a little reading on her after seeing this. Because I was, I was impressed. What do you got? What do you got? Um, I would say the things that I really liked about it, it is also a little bit of a slow burn. I think a lot of the action happens in the third act. Mm-hmm. Um... And we'll get to that later. But what I really enjoyed about it was that it really plays with kind of this attitude of loneliness and feeling othered um, in tandem with the gaslighting. So the fact that Mike Monroe's character, Julia, does not speak Romanian and her husband and his like new co-workers that he's trying to impress 
all speak English, but they still keep speaking Romanian around yeah, her. There's like this distancing yeah. they do on and purpose. And it's not That's... subtitled. So yeah. she, we're getting it from her point of view for the whole film. And we spend a decent amount of time walking around the city with her, like kind of being a tourist with her. But then moments that you're sort of like, oh, she's just taken in the city. She's enjoying it. Like the first part of the film, her attitude, her appearance, just crazy facial expressions um just the way that the color palette is with how her face changes as she's getting more paranoid and depressed and angry about the idea that no one believes her that this guy is watching her and following her potentially um plus we find out that there is like a killer that is a big yeah. thing too that's in the trailers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so very it's much not really a spoiler. So that's not a spoiler, is yeah. that while all of this is happening and Michael Monroe's character, Julia, feels like she is being watched by this person and possibly stalked by them outside the apartment building, there's a serial killer right. on the loose. The spider. The spider. Yeah. And he is decapitating women. Or at least cutting their throats. Cutting their throats. Yeah. And sometimes he goes a little bit too far. Yeah. You all know how that goes. Why is that the spider then? That seems like a weird I don't know. choice of name. It was, really, it was really weird for me too because I had just, right before we started watching Watcher, I wrote my review for Spiderhead. Oh. Which was the... Uh, the Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Which he was great. He's very good in he's, it. He's great. And my review for it was a lot of heads, zero spiders. Ooh. Pretty funny, right? That's uh, kind of what the content is. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> witty. Witty? I'll take witty. I didn't laugh, witty. so witty. it's hard That's to, fine. you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll take witty. That's good. Yeah, no. But uh, it also has... It's a dry humor. It's a dry, it's it's a dry wit. Everybody. It's a dry Follow wit. me on Letterboxd, Mike, at Mike Birch. Yeah. We, so we also have Julia's husband, who it took Mike a minute to realize is Carl Glusman, who's from Devs. Devs. He plays the... Well, spoilers well, no for Devs. No spoilers for Devs. He plays the boyfriend of the main character. And yes. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. And if you haven't seen Devs, watch it because it's good. Watch it because it's we've good. We've got a Alex Catholic recast episode about it and it's Alec Garland and it's weird. And, and if you have seen Debs, you know exactly why it was kind of hard for me to place him. Right. Because he's not in it that long. He's not in it that much. Yeah. Hmm. But moving along. Moving along. I would say any other thoughts about spoiler free? I mean, uh, one of the things about the movie that is so good is the design of everything. Yeah. Uh, not only, like, the sound design is fantastic. I was looking quiet, at the cinematographer. Has a lot of similarities with Memoria. That, yeah. Like, very, very sound design oriented raindrops and little whispers and, and noises. Musical cues. Yeah, yeah. musical cues. Noises Definitely. from another room. But also the, um, the set design is insane. The apartment that these two people move into fucking give it to me i want yeah. to live there it's and it's 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 cool because if you're going to introduce this idea of you know you have a woman that moves to another country uh with her husband and she doesn't speak the language and all this bad shit starts happening yeah, and she doesn't Why have a job she stay she doesn't have anybody else to yeah. talk to and the the movie you have to hit that thing where it's like you know you're in a haunted house and weird shit starts happening why don't you leave and you always have to have like a tangible sure. reason why which is like the haunting one of my favorite like bad fucking horror movies 
they can't leave because it's a sleep study and there's no way to get out. Uh, right. That's kind of cool. With this one, it's the apartment's really fucking nice. It is nice. And, and she's in a building with like a lot of nice sweet, people. Sweet Everyone's little old ladies. Nice. And yeah. really the yeah. only thing that is making her go like, mm, something's going on here is there's kind of the shape of a guy looking at her from like two stories up in the building across the way and right. nothing's really happening. Yep. And as things escalate, you're kind of like, well, why don't they just leave? And it's kind of like, well, why would they? And well, that's kind of I think what the, the fair, cops are talking about. The fair point yeah. brought it up really early on is that, oh, it's it's not illegal, him watching her. Mm-hmm. He's just being kind of a creep. He's not actually breaking any laws or doing anything. Right. It's not like, you know, he's not making any overt and threats. We, we also don't know, like, in the spoilery talk, like, up until the points that we're is talking about. Is he actually looking at her? Is he actually looking at Which she doubts at at a certain point, she she says, "Oh, you're not looking parts, at me," which is one of the best you? parts. Like I, yeah, I will say also too in non spoilery that the the first two acts, or even just like the first two thirds of this thing, are really good and exactly what the trailer presents, right. and at times feel meandering or a little bit simplistic in the way like I've seen this before kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel like when I was watching it, I was like, I've seen this before. It's interesting. It's shot really well and sounds great. And Michael Monroe's fantastic. Yeah, so I, wanted, I was like, let's keep going. I wanted to shout the out fucking to the third act in this thing is just, and you notice as soon as it starts, and I won't go any more specific than yeah. that. But it is, it's one of my favorite movies of the year so far. And that's something that is really special to me when it's like a nice little 96 minute like <laughs> genre horror movie. Boom. Like that's great. Well, I wanted to give a shout out to the cinematographer, Benjamin Kirk Nielsen, because I think he's also Shoots new. the fuck out of this movie. And yeah, the movie just looks great. So definitely a lot of use of color, a lot of use of shadows. Um, I feel like there's not a lot of dialogue in the first chunk of the movie. So a lot of the kind of mood is conveyed by Micah Monroe's face, which is saying a lot because she doesn't have a lot of lines. She's just kind of... She does it good. And she does great reaction shots. Um, I think it's also really cool just how they work with her wardrobe as far as like her mental progression. Um, great. She's got this red dress. Yeah, she's got like a Jesus. red sweater and red stockings while she's waiting yeah. for the subway. And it's, yeah, she's very colorful. Yeah, and the and city very, is very muted colors, like there's rainy, a, there's sad a thing looking. From that where it's yeah. like the world around her is very gray and bleak, but she is coming from a life that was maybe more poppy, more colorful. Sure. She's an actor, she's American, and blah, blah, and all that. But like, it's <laughs> it's this fun little intentional thing of like the clothes that she's wearing are the clothes that she had right beforehand and she brings up and and then they, it kind of they trans- stick out they it, stick out but it kind of you know eventually over the course of the film switches to kind of somebody who's either more depressed or has been abused it starts to like kind of monotone a little bit she's monotone she's she wearing doesn't like want to stand out too much because it's attracting attention well she's she's wearing like baggy clothes she's wearing hoodies she's wearing stuff to kind of like hide herself a little bit and that is something that you know there's like a friend of mine recently posted some photos from this art exhibit that 
was really intense that was sort of like, well, what were you wearing? And it was outfits of all different women on mannequins who had been assaulted. Jesus. And it showed like a gamut of just normal fucking shit of just clothes, baggy jeans, a, a dress for work, all kinds of clothes, and just kind of putting it in that kind of perspective of... It doesn't really matter what you were actually wearing, but it's a really interesting argument because it's just sort of like different points of, oh, okay, is this person overreacting? Were they doing something to provoke someone? Um, I just find it to be a really interesting argument. And then having Mike Monroe's character just initially get some sympathy from her husband and he wants to support her. He does encourage her, you know, oh, do you want to go to the police? But eventually he kind of gets tired of it. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk more spoilery. about that That's in spoilery. a little spoilery. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can talk about we can that. We could touch on that more in spoiler time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other closing thoughts? You So you recommend? 100% recommend. Yeah. I think it's one of the best movies of the year. I think it is Ooh. one of the best genre movies of the year. It's... it's uh, it's again, it's like it's simplicity makes it approachable. So click play and go with it and just give it the 90 minutes. And by the time you get to the end, you will be fulfilled. Like yeah. it's it's just the only thing that I can kind of hit somebody with that might be on the fence about watching it and starting play is that obviously there's a lot of um there's a lot of like kind of like trigger warning stuff in it, but it doesn't get too intense. It really doesn't, actually. I didn't find it overly scary. Yeah, but it but it, it's more dread, which yeah. could be scarier for people sure. who might be like, I don't know, like this. Yeah. But it, it, it's handled tastefully and artfully, and uh, it's got it's got actually a couple jump scares in it that like jump oh, scares yeah. don't usually get me. Oh, it got me. I don't mean to be that guy. But yeah, but like, you. It got me a little bit. Like you put your least... hand on me, the first yeah. major jump scare, and I didn't want you to put your no, hand you on me. No, you did not. Me. Yeah, and I because apologize. because of the <laughs> because of the content of yes. this film in particular, it was it's not something little... where you want a man to touch you right it away. It kind of comes <laughs> out of nowhere very quickly, and I was like, I could yeah. Um, but uh, I would also say too, like if you're starting to watch it and. You're about like halfway through and you're kind of like, this isn't giving me like the the energy and the electricity that I really want out of it. Wait for it. Just wait because the thing, it makes a nice little turn, not a twist or anything like that. It's just like it it, it, it intentionally calms you into a sense of you know what this movie is and then just becomes something else and that's it. All right, so let's take a quick break, and when we come back, it'll be Spoiler Town. Spoilies. He does that, right? Yeah. Okay. Me, 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 me. Who dies? And we're back. We are talking about Watcher, and first half was spoiler-free, and now we get to go into the meat and potatoes of this entree and talk about the nitty gritty and the scary scary so one article that i read that was pretty awesome is a little interview with chloe akuno the director that asked her what movies she watched that she was influenced by and thinking about for this film and so i was curious with your film knowledge prowess me 
you, Mr. Burgie, uh, what, if any, influences or movies you noticed watching this? Because I know we talk about how it is sort of retreading similar themes that have been done in other movies, mm-hmm. and you, you brought up the John Carpenter TV movie, but any other ones that came to mind? I mean, yeah, I feel like it's... That's that's fun, uh, actually. Yeah. I hadn't actually considered what the specific uh, ones are. Like, obviously, yeah, there's someone's watching me. So I'll go, I'll go into the ones that she mentions in, in her interview, but... There's, uh, you know, there there's the obvious, like, fun connection that everybody on Letterboxd is making with, like, It Follows. Sure. Being Michael Monroe, and this one is yeah. like, why yeah. are all these bitches always following Michael Monroe? Leave her, leave her alone, <laughs> It's like, or like uh, someone wrote like, it follows, but this time Micah follows back. (laughs) Oh, nice, nice, nice. Uh, But there's just like the, the, the general kind of stalker mentality of it, even if it's not the entire movie. Like think about the first half of Halloween. Sure. When Michael Myers is stalking Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, and she's just like walking down the sidewalk and, and he's it's like, just hello, like, behind the bushes. Is he there? Like, oh, and then yeah. he's gone. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, whoa, what was this? Like, yeah. And really think about any first act and first part of a second act of a horror movie that's a slow burn going into is something actually happening right and it's always you have like you know your crew of characters and like one person's just like can't wait to fuck this weekend and like (laughs) and then you got one guy like hey everybody we should be cool and be responsible and like you got all your different characters but you always have that one character that's like the protagonist type character, but also like kind of like the point of reference for the audience where the it's final like girl. every now and then like they see something yeah, and they look over and like, what's Something's that? Something's a little weird. And yeah. they don't say anything because they're like, ah, it's something weird. And like, that's a horror movie staple. Or you don't want to be the buzzkill at the party. Right. Everybody's yeah. having a good time. Yeah. And yeah, you noticed like maybe two, three or four times, like there's a dude with like a weird looking face. It yeah. keeps like popping up over there, and yeah. you're going to be an irresponsible friend and not bring it up. It's like in and all that weird guy in this movie movies. is played by Bern Gorman, who I feel we like should say plays a lot of Nazis. Bern Gorman, uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. The, uh, the uh, counter namesake to Bernadette Gorman White. Oh, uh, oh no, yeah, this is a big thing. Bern, um, Bernadette actually saw uh, Watcher and. Uh, talk to me very elusively about it. Uh, I I think that she liked it, but you know how Byrne gets when she tries to talk about something with you uh, that you haven't seen. She's oh, she's trying to be spoiler free. So she's very so, yeah, spoiler free. So I'm just like, I can't tell if you liked yeah. it or not, but I think that she did. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that Byrne Gorman is in here, that's a big deal. Um, Byrne Gorman, uh, an amazing character actor. Yeah, Dark Knight and Rises, is, Pacific Rim Uprising. He is Uprising. the penultimate watcher. Yes, um, he's the watcher. And before we start talking about him, though, like, what are some of the other... Uh, Any other ones coming to mind that other, you were kind of... The other examples a- that like she like brought up and stuff like that. Because I think it is, like again, like it's something that's kind of attributed to the horror genre in general as build-up. It's yeah. like, that's how you're able to kind of like... Well, it's a horror movie. We have to spend 20 minutes at least kind of building these characters. How do we still make it scary? And it's like, eh, well, one yeah. of them every now and then notices something. And then they're like, guys, I think this is weird. And they're like, oh, pshaw, dude. Let's just chill out. And we're just going <laughs> to like drink some like Heineken's and just relax. 
They talk like that. There's no one really talking like that in this movie, but her husband no. is kind of doofy. I'm not allowed to say to to say how people talk in this one. No. I, can't, I can't do an interpretation of that. No, no, I would you get can't. in trouble. Yeah, well, no, yeah. But, uh, okay, so... Michael Monroe talks like this. Okay, all right. She talks like this. I mean, not really. But, uh, okay. Yeah. See, I'm going to get in trouble for that one. Yeah. yeah. So one of the first ones that gets mentioned by director Chloe Akuno is Rosemary's Baby. Totally. And mostly alluding to the fact that it's all from Mia Farrow's point of view. And this movie definitely is also all from Micah Monroe's point of view. We kind of... We're following along with her. We do not understand what is being said. And there's that great scene now that we're in spoiler town where she's at like a cocktail, you know, party reception, something with her husband and his work friends. And she basically can tell that he's making a crack about her. Yeah, because she is she's starting in secret, to learn learning Romanian. Well, she, she's because she wants to surprise yeah, him. Yeah, she's and be essentially like, oh, I want to be able to say right. something to you. She's listening to tapes. So she's, so she's getting words, yeah. you know, she's talking to people at coffee shops, but it's very basic. But I think that the great part about it is that even if it hadn't gone a step further with her being able to translate what he said, you could just tell by the tone and the way he acted that yeah. he was saying something at her expense. The body language, yeah. how everybody's reacting. Awesome. Yes. And you were just like, what the fuck? You're not supposed to do that. So we've got Rosemary's Baby. We've got a Japanese anime, Perfect Blue. Oh, sure. Uh, about a woman being stalked by a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have... Lost in translation, because she said originally Watcher was going to be set in New York, and then she decided to move it to Bucharest, and she said that just like the view of somebody being a tourist in a city and being kind of both a voyeur and being lonely because they don't speak the language. She said originally she was going to set it in New York, but she switched it to a non-English speaking country. Oh, so I got. She was kind of thinking a little bit about lost translation. Translation doesn't take place in New York. No, no, it takes place in Tokyo. But just kind of that very importantly that vibe of taking in a city as a tourist, but then also feeling kind of lonely. Really cool. Yeah, that's another thing too. Before you go on on it. in the trailer, I never got that she was in a non-English speaking country. Well, because it's just mostly her walking around by herself. Because it's mostly her walking around. They're just yeah. like kind of pitching the idea. And I actually didn't get that they were in uh, Romania until the coffee shop scene. So, like, the cab driver's opening scene and the apartment complex, like, manager, like, talking to them in Romania and stuff. I was like... There are Romanian cab drivers, sure. And I was like, oh, this is awkward that it's like that. Like, oh, he's Romanian. Yeah. But it wasn't until the coffee shop scene where I was like, oh, she's in another country. I didn't realize. Like, I had just naturally linked into like, oh, it takes place in like New York or something or Chicago. I mean, the the taxi could be still be in America, but, you know, and that kind of sequence of like male taxi driver saying something about his wife and right. he's like what i was paying her a compliment she's pretty but you're just right but you could tell he was like hey now yeah I easy there on that too yeah but um as soon as they got to the apartment i was sort of like oh they're somewhere else because they're like moving into a furnished apartment that yeah. seems like a temporary sublet kind of deal sure 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 sure, sure. you know yeah. but um and it's definitely sort of like a weird 
sad sky rise apartment setup, but the inside is a lot nicer than the outside looking because the streets yeah, are kind that's of that's dire. That's the other thing about the movie that's really cool is that like yeah. their living environment inside that apartment is so ideal and yeah. looks so nice, but every time they go out, it's just like, Ugh. yeah. And that's the other thing too is like when they go to the grocery store. It, it's like so colorful all of a sudden because oh, yeah. you have like your your green limes you know, and I, yellow lemons and all these things. And your bowl just of limes so, yes. that you love, yeah, that you position you on the counter. That you present, yeah. yes. But, uh, I, you know, not to like bash any other countries, but it was very much like that when I was in Scotland. It was like gray and rainy and a lot of stone and concrete architecture and then you pop into the tesco or the sainsbury's and everything is brightly colored and brightly lit so you're sort of in this weird like hyper reality and that's a great sequence in the film when she ducks into the the grocery store but we should we should talk about before that when she tries to go see a movie Mm, perhaps Mm. finish this list though all right so last two that the director mentioned was blue so the the three from co- three colors from cool. three colors, um, and mostly yeah, that's a good one. Ah, fuck, I yeah. should have done that. So it's uh, she talks about you know the the photography, the emotion of its lead character by using color, mm-hmm. um, and I definitely feel like that comes into play a lot in Watcher. She also kind of alludes to the woman meets her neighbor, sex worker, and that also happens in this film. And that, Very classic, yeah. like 80s, 70s, kind of, even kind of early 90s kind of hard trope where it's sure. like, I'm new here, my neighbor. I'm like, I'm kind of a slut. What's going on? Yeah. Guys? Like, well, that, like, yeah. No, no. Like, yeah. not to be derogatory, yeah. but it's just like, oh. But I mean, it's kind of this, I feel like in this situation too, it's also that sort of stereotype of like Romanian, Russian, Ukrainian. Like, it's like. She's working at a dance club, but she's dancing for men. So, you know, it's she's not necessarily a prostitute, but she's... One of the best yeah. scenes in the movie, too, is, like, where she finds herself in this club and then all of... And, like, is going around it. Where and Julia all finds of a sudden, herself in the club, yeah. All of a sudden, the neighbors, they're like, what the fuck are you doing yeah. here? And you're like, oh, that would feel so, like like uh forced and contrived and just like oh what are the odds of this happening if it wasn't for the fact that it like the movie is such a genre piece right and just like so in that it's like yeah that's how this works that's how there's just as much kind of like noir in this as there is horror definitely trying to figure yeah because it's a mystery she's trying to figure it out that's how noir works where it's just like oh well the person that was living next door to you also happens to work in the place where this guy is the janitor that you followed him down to yeah and now she can give you more information right and i and i love the character of of arena the neighbor because she's the most welcoming she's she's so good she's She's bilingual so she immediately speaks english Yeah, yeah she's She's cool to party with. She offers her drinks. She's really fun. She's got a sweet apartment. You know, she's got annoying boyfriends, whatever. She's popular. She's a good time. It also, is- that dude, like, I know we're kind of skipping around yeah. right now because we're still doing the list, yeah. but I want to make sure that I also shout out that one ex-boyfriend. Oh, he was great. That <laughs> is like, I will take you across the street and go check on this guy. Sure. Is so cool because I think it's one of the most realistic oh, yeah. performances ever where he's like, oh, I'm not a piece of shit. Well, no, that's I'll the thing. I'll take you over there. But he's also like, I knocked like three times. Yeah. I'm, 
I'm out of here. Yeah. I got a phone call. I'm gone. Well, I mean, I think that that's the boyfriend that she alludes to that she said he's actually a sweet guy. Exactly. Yeah. He's just was drunk and annoyed. But like when she yeah. says that, you're like, oh, he's actually a sweet guy. You're like, oh, what does Whatever. that mean yeah, in the yeah. context of a yeah. movie like this? Right. But then you're like, oh, he's actually kind of a nice guy. But he's also kind of a dick. He's kind of a dick. Because he bangs like on the rough, neighbor's yeah. door and yells at the him. The second and, time yeah. he gets like a little rough and gets intense. Aggressive. Yeah. yeah. I so. loved it though too. And he's got that great line too where he's like, I oh, he probably just has a crush on you. Yeah. So like that statement made me feel so gross. It's great. So like the, oh, he probably just has a little crush on you. Oh, he got you. a little crush on you. Oh, oh, yeah. No. Love it. That's not okay. No, not okay. No, I know. Good for this no, movie. No, I know. It's and good. great exactly I'm just like Micah Monroe's face. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And then the last movie, Fincher, Seven. And, oh, but of course. And uh, kind of alluding to the John Doe villain character. And so you spend most of the movie not knowing who your villain is. And then he's kind of revealed right towards the end of the movie. There's also a lot of shots in the movie yeah. that are kind of uh, shock value. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of 24, 48, 72 frame. Okay. Like, boom, real quick. Yeah. You get that. Like, big one. We're in spoilers. Big one is like right at the end where you like get like that quick little shot around the corner yes, of, of a body. It is a body decapitated. Yes. And you're like, I have not seen anything like you that. You haven't seen any violence up until this point. And then yeah. also right before that, which is like the the the, the third act kind oh, of you're like talking about subway already. Move, dude. It's fucking crazy. That fucking subway, that fucking subway <laughs> scene is so good because you've not only got Burn Gorman. Character actor extraordinaire. Right. And so, Micah Monroe, amazing horror, like, just, like, final girl actor. Right. And they're talking to each other. And in that moment, you still don't know. Yeah, so back it is, up a little bit. Okay, you want to back it up? Yeah, just a tease. Okay, right, So So, context, she goes to the police, but then her statements are kind of wishy-washy that it could have been this guy. He may have followed her. And then she finally asks Irina's ex-boyfriend, who stops by looking for her when Irina's been missing for a couple of days, will you walk across the, you know, across the patio to this other apartment building with me and knock on his door? I want to see if it's the guy that I think has been following me. Because she hasn't seen him yet. Well, she saw him in the grocery store. Yeah. But not like... Saw like she's got like she the sees him on like her a phone she has but I mean stuff. she's glanced yeah. at him a few times and she knows what he looks like but she hasn't actually like locked eyes with him he sat behind her at the movie and breathed on her neck cool shit Some scary fucking shit That's good stuff. and and that sequence even though like even if he hadn't leaned forward and breathed on her and and been that close to her I hate when people come into a theater that's not crowded and then sit right yeah, behind you. That's but that's like I mean you're like asshole. You like, don't need to sit right behind totally me. Intentional on like the, so the intentional. type of people that would like to watch yeah. this type of movie, yeah. this type of genre movie. They're like you're going to get how it's even them up. just sitting right behind you is yeah, so is disconcerting. Disconcerting. Yeah. It's like all the little things that she notices like there's a silhouette of somebody looking at me. Yep. Oh, oh there's some, I don't know. Oh, somebody's like walking kind of behind me in a weird way. Someone's sitting right behind me at the theater. It's stuff that 
everybody yeah. can understand and wrap their mind around the horror and intrusiveness and sure. stalkerness of it. Yeah. And it's when it starts getting into the, well, now you're trying to explain, like, somebody sat behind me at a theater. Right. All of it in context And he sounds, was breathing heavily. It's like, what is that fucking kind of crazy. Or the, exactly. you know, yeah. reviewing the the closed camera footage of the grocery store. And then she's like, see, he's staring at me. He's staring at me. And, and like, he's, oh, maybe he's looking at the person that's he's staring at, at him. him. Exactly. Like, that's just so, like fantastic yeah. shit. And so he finally goes to the cops. He 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 moves ahead and decides to to turn the table on her a little bit. Which is one of the things I think that makes you go like, wait, is yeah. this? Yeah. Because there's there's also the simultaneous question happening. It is like, is this guy stalking Michael Monroe? Right. And also is this guy the serial killer? Right. And, and so are those two one and the same? And it's they like, arrest he could somebody not else. Be the serial killer and just be stalking yeah. him. He could be bull. Right. And they are, and they yeah. arrest somebody that they accuse of being the serial killer who maybe just killed that person and not everybody else right. because they said who that Julia saw. saw right. Because they were just like, oh, we're walking down and yeah. we see people outside an ambulance and yeah. whatever but then which really also makes it more romanian than new york because it's like if you if you saw cop lights in new york you, you would know, not walk towards you would walk towards it yeah. like, what's going on no. guys you're like yeah. time to get the fuck out of here but so this kind of all loops back to this sequence of Micah moreau's julia getting on the subway after she storms off pissed that her husband made a joke at her expense pretty much saying that the serial killer will keep her company while she's being lonely um and she can't get a cab and she decides to get on the subway and she finds herself sitting across from burn gorman the watcher and it's this great sequence it's insane so good yeah it's just like it's Bern Gorman is an amazing actor. Michael Monroe is an amazing actor. The movie is shot and directed very well up to that point. And it's also like this moment that you just oh. if if you're talking about gaslighting, the fact that he gets her to apologize he does. to him. And you actually feel and it, right? And you start to think, As oh, audience, okay. You kind of well, feel. You're you like, do, hey. but his delivery is a little weird, but it's he's sort weird. of, it's sort of intense and you know that something's up. But there's a visual. The greatest visual is he's been walking around with this grocery bag and he's been walking around with a grocery bag several points in the film. You know, he says he's taking care of his dad and he's running errands, taking care of his father. But the visual of her staring at the light and the shape of what's in the grocery bag. And she, we already know that she basically is worried about her neighbor, Arena, after finding out that Bern Gorman's character works as the janitor at her club, right? And mm-hmm. she, the day before, they share a wall, they're next door neighbors, so she hears a scream and tries to get into the apartment and they don't find her. So that outline of that bag. The outline of the bag is like kind of most definitely a her face, head. a head. It's her head in the bag. kind of like. 
could be maybe food. Maybe that's nothing else. It, like, maybe it's, it's a it's, tomato. The gaslighting of the whole thing yeah. is insanely well done. And that that was like a, up until that moment in the movie, I was like, I like this movie. It's shot very well. I feel like it's kind of retreading things that I've seen before. It's a little meandering, not in a negative way, but just like, okay, it's doing its thing. That's fine. Yeah. That subway scene with that possible head in a bag. Yeah. Is what shot me into like, oh my God, what is this movie about to do? Right. And I was a little nervous that like, oh, maybe I'm just kind of paying attention to something that's like really cool about the movie right here. And it's just going to go back to like what it was. But no, the movie <laughs> jettisons from that point. It does. And just it does. becomes. And it, and it uses Chekhov's gun. <laughs> because like it it also gaslights you into thinking like in, in the third act like that Michael Monroe's character has been killed. Yes. That the bad guy is going to win. We are like, oh, I've seen movies like this before. It's like, oh. I definitely nobody believed her. Oh, such, yeah, such a sorry thing. Well, you have, you know, you have that that exchange of conversation where earlier, where Arena's like, you know, let's what, is it Arena or is it somebody else that says it to her? That's like, let's hope the best case scenario is that you're still wondering whether or not he's watching you instead of like mm-hmm. I was right, but now you've been raped. Yeah, in yeah, or yeah. whatever you know kidnapped or and and i remember you you were like <sighs> right after she said that and it's true it's like is it better to be right but then have something terrible happen or to just be slightly nervous and afraid and you hustled and got home faster than you normally would because you were worried yeah you know so um but i definitely thought that micah Monroe's character was going to be dead at yeah. the end so and they give that to you i think in that in that scene like like the she gets the, her throat slit the ultimate scene where it's just like he's just like ah fuck you yeah i actually am bad i'm yeah ah. and he was like blah, oh blah, I, blah, blah, blah. and he and was he like i out. thought i was gonna get caught when i had your friend's body in the closet with me while you and the police were poking around the apartment and great you're like fucking Jesus. moment too yeah it's great i think the great fucking moment at the end of that though was when you know that Micah Monroe knows that there's a handgun in the coffee table drawer she's well, trying to make her way to too, it too is like it's hello Robbie no Chekhov's gun yeah but, but it's the Chekhov's gun and right. everything if so you introduce a gun it's going it's to gonna come show up. up but the but the great and, scene though is it, when she's not making it she's laying there and then Bern Gorman's character is like very lovingly or peacefully sort of laying down next to her yeah. as she bleeds out, as her neck is pouring blood and he's got one hand on her hand and it's very like, you know, symmetrical imagery, yin and yang right there. And you're like, okay, she's done. She's, she's bleeding out. But then keep going. No, no, like that. No, like that's like the point that you think the movie is making. Yeah, it's just like it's it's symmetry where it's like yeah, a person that wants to kill women like this. Well, he's lonely. He's lonely. He says to her, "Oh, I thought we'll listen to him." I thought, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." Well, he was also like, "Oh, I I didn't think anyone was looking." You know, oh, I can imagine a pretty girl. 
And he's like, but you waved to me and yeah. I waved back. I thought you were saying hello. And it was clearly like, nah. Ladies and gentlemen, never wave. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't be nice. Don't I mean, wave. it wasn't a nice wave. It was a like, I see you, buddy, wave. It was a, it was a, it, it was, was like an a, affirmation of presence. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah. But, but uh. In the and that's a creepy fucking scene because he doesn't wave initially and you're like oh he doesn't he's not looking at her and then yeah. when he finally puts his hand he up off. you're like holy yeah, shit it's good it's very fucking well done yeah and it's like scary in a way that is you're not used to things being scary that way right I or really or you it. are if you're a woman exactly. <laughs> Yeah, right. You're, you, 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 no, Michael Burge, yeah, are not yeah, used to being yeah, scared yeah, that way. But totally. I, I have definitely had the. Am I being followed? Especially when you are in a strange place that you don't know exactly where you're going, or if you're a woman by yourself traveling in a foreign language. You know, that's a lot of scary shit. So. I can definitely feel that vibe. And I know we talked a little bit about that on the men episode also. The men episode. So if you haven't listened to that, check out that for more Gaslight goodness. You're talking to me? You're talking to them. To them. Talking to them. That they should watch men. Men, Watch men. men, Listen to our men. Men, 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 men. But But, yes, the uh, end of this. the, uh, The kind of like twist of like, you you know the gun's there. You know the gun's there. You think she and you're dies. Like, she's going to get to that. You think she finally doesn't. As get soon to as it. she starts going for it, you're like, exactly. I know. And right. then they cut that off. And the boyfriend's and, walking over. And you're just or kind the of husband. Like, oh, this is the thing where like they presented the gun as the idea for hope. Yeah. And it's been cut off, and she's fucking dead. Right. And you think, okay, husband's gonna try and stop him. But he's going to be too late to save his wife. Yeah. And it's going to be, I told you so. Yeah. But. It's that fucking, fuck, that fucking shot. Yeah. Of him coming out. Coming out of the apartment. Of the apartment. Of uh, of Bern Gorman coming out of the apartment, seeing the boyfriend, the husband. The husband. 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 And just like, you're like, in that moment, you're like, what's about to happen yeah. right now? Because. Michael Monroe is dead. Right. We have been solidified that she's dead. The husband is and like, oh all shit. Of a sudden it's My wife like, was bah, right. Bop, bop, bop. Clack, clack, so clack. Yeah. Fucking good. Right. And then bloody, bloody Michael Monroe has shot Bern Gornman. It is. And then it's, and that's it. Again. Like, and that's the end. And that's, I'm glad that it ended there. If you break <laughs> the movie up into five parts. And the first part is like, oh, great introduction. Everybody's doing good. Second part is, oh, we're doing the same thing that we should do for this movie. It looks good. I like it. I want a little bit more. Third act, like, ooh, things are getting a little bit in there. Fourth part. Oh, my fucking God. This movie is blowing my goddamn mind. (laughs) And I love it. And the fifth part is, fuck. Yeah. I'm loving it. All right. I think that's it. I love it. All right. I think that's it, guys. You heard it here. If you made it this far and you haven't seen it, we just spoiled the movie for you. But Hot Takes is not the only show 
on Story Screen Presents. No, it is not. We have Cathode Raycast. We Ooh. have all of our wonderful exclusive content, which you can get for $5 a month right now. The Pattinson is being featured. The Pattinson stuff, yeah. The Pattinson stuff is is going to sparkle soon yeah. as they get We're into also, Twilight. Uh, me and... Uh, Robebe. You know, uh, rest in peace. Uh, Snake, Snake attack. attack. Robbie. Anaconda. Uh, we're doing a Denis. Sweet, Denis sweet Denis cast. Yeah. yeah, you're coming up on Dune, right? We're about to do Blade Runner 2049 Ooh. and Dune, Ooh. which um, that's, some that's good gonna content. be a pretty wild. That's some good content right episode. there. Yeah. So check out storyscreenbeacon.com for not only podcasts, but lots of written content and links to some fun videos over on our YouTube channel. You can follow us at story underscore screen underscore beacon on Instagram and story underscore screen for Twitter. Hit us up. We need more followers. We always like a little interaction. We need more followers, guys. Yeah. Come on. We need more followers. Follow and uh, we like getting feedback from you guys. So if you like this, please like, listen, subscribe. And we've got a weekly newsletter. If you are interested in coming to see a movie at Story Screen Beacon Theater, Sign up for the newsletter. It's got all the new content and all the current and f- coming soon movies. Mike, any other tasty tidbits? If you hate us, please also comment. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll take it. We'll take it. It's still Would fodder. love to talk to you. It's still content. Yeah. Love to debate. That's all it. Right. Well, uh, this is Diana Jamiro covering for Robbie Bebe Anderson on this episode of Hot Takes. Bikes. Snake Anaconda and Mikey Burge, thank you. You're welcome. All right. And we'll 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 see you real soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.